off-topic conversation to start episode 163. Craig, I know you love these conversations. Those are the best. Derek Roy is going to join us. And we're doing the Sportsnet Player Cast presented by Coca-Cola tomorrow night with him. He'll join us for the second period. And and it's Sabres Vancouver. It's on YouTube. So there is a way to change your pin to and location to Toronto, and you can watch it in the U.S. So I've been told. Just letting everybody know. Okay, that's uh, that's good to know. A few, a few no. minor wrinkles in, in the first one, right? Little technical difficulties. It's it's super exciting. It's, it's uh, you know, a lot of technical stuff behind the scenes need to get ironed out. And we've been doing that uh, a lot. It, it, it's amazing. We're, we're with these like tech wizards from Sportsnet. And they're trying to navigate us through my computer, which I never realized has so much shit in it. I am apologizing to the guy because I'm so computer illiterate. Like it is just yeah, off right. the chart. I like I feel I was like my parents. Better. I feel like my parents. Like I feel I feel like I, I I was the stupidest person on the planet dealing with the tech guy yesterday. And he's talking in a language where I am like, What did you just ask me to do? I don't understand anything that you just said. And, and he was reality, almost like in reality. It's pretty simple from what I, from what I gather. And you know, what's amazing is that, so the same guy we're talking about, Tom uh, from Sportsnet um, sent me in our, we had a chat going in one of those programs that we were running and he's like, here, I'll just send you a new link right here in the chat. And he's like, boom. And then all of a sudden there's a new link in the chat on like one of these type things. Like we do this on zoom. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm blown away. And he's like, he's like, what are you so happy about? I was like, I just can't believe it. That how easy that is for you to do that for me to copy a link and put it in this chat. I don't know that it would happen. It would end up. I don't know where it would end up. So, that's the whole point. Like he's muting me. Then he's like raising my volume from back in the studio or back in their, their, tech spot and it's he's basically running my entire computer and i'm just like what is going on here but anyway i can't wait we're doing on saturday night vancouver buffalo and two great storylines too with the teams i mean we're obviously familiar with buffalo because we played here live here uh vancouver is an interesting team too because they haven't won a game yet. They have started off the season on a rough on the rough note, and you know, I the the for me the clock is ticking on Bruce Boudreaux. I can't take him seriously as a coach to begin with, but that yeah. is something we will talk about on Saturday night because I don't want to discuss the whole Vancouver Buffalo preview here, right? So, like, is that one of the most surprising stories to date? Like, Vancouver Canucks is the only team in the league. That does not have a win. San Jose got one last night. Yes. Who did San Jose play? Rangers. The, how so the team, hell? How yeah. the hell does does San Jose go five and go zero and five? They lose every game because they, they suck. They know how. It's how does the you, Rangers can't be surprised by this? It's not the eighties where on, you man. have have a, a a completely shit team and they go in and play another really good team. And the only reason why that shit team back in the day would win that game is because the, the, the better team was more drunk the night before. It's the only reason. Yeah. You know, that, or it smoked more cigarettes before the game. But now, now it's actually 
skill related and there's parity in the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it just you, you have to look no further than the Leafs Arizona game the other night on paper. Those two teams are not matched up. But what happens? You know, the Leafs don't take them seriously. Their stars think it's going to be easy and, and Arizona wins the game. It's the story of sports on on a on a regular basis. So I don't know why yeah. we're surprised that San Jose beat the Rangers, but I'm surprised they beat the Rangers. But at the same time, I'm like, because no. they're five and zero, oh, and I'm looking at they're zero oh and five. The Rangers are are zero and five. I'm looking at the Rangers. They are clearly one of the top teams in the league. They have super elite high-end talent, Panarin, um, Zabanajad, Fox. They have an incredible cast of players behind those guys in the Criders uh, and um, just the defense core in general. You have uh, Shesterkin, who I don't know played last night. That would be an interesting, that would be very interesting. Shesterkin actually did play that game. Oh, wow. That was a layup for him. And maybe that's why they lost because they just went into San Jose thinking that this is going to be a layup. We're going to walk out of here with two points. It's going to be point night and, and you don't play the right way. Rangers were outshot. Oh, for five on the power play. They out hit San Jose. They out blocked more, uh, more giveaways and they tied for takeaways. I don't know how much all those stats matter, but I mean, it sounds like, um, San Jose put in quite an effort against the Rangers. And I wonder if it's because because coach uh, David Quinn put up maybe 25 grand against his old team that fired his ass. Right. Hey, it's so. amazing. It's amazing what happens in this league. And it, it it's it's so true to form when when teams have an emotional tie to a game, whether it whether it's a big player like you, you look at, you know, the Sabres when Jack Eichel came to uh, Buffalo for the first time. That was a that was circled on the calendar for the National Hockey League. Okay, that was massive. The Sabers ended up winning that. But there's so many others. Like when you look at Quinn, who is the former coach of of the Rangers, you look at that. I guarantee you that he spoke to those players in a serious note, in a serious tone, wanting them to understand the situation of what the game means to him emotionally. Okay. And they went and represented obviously exceptionally well for the coach getting their first win of the year. Did but it goes back win? to, they don't want to win though. Right. Like, aren't they, they do not it? want to win San Jose right there now are a few teams is are... they are full bore for who's my boy, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. This kid is, he is super, super, super high end. He's a generational talent. I know that we say that a lot about certain first overall draft picks, but this kid is the real deal. He has been talked about for a, a very, very, very long time. He's produced at every single level. Um, he is a special player and he is without question times 10, the number one pick overall. San Jose Sharks, those two teams, as far as I'm concerned, are going to be in the running the entire year. Well, Vancouver, if you think about it, and this, and I'm sorry to say this, if if it sounds like I'm being an asshole toward Bruce Boudreaux, but I have my reasons for feeling this way about Bruce Boudreaux. Nothing personal, just I have, you know, just track record. And again, we will discuss this at length on Saturday night during the player cast with, when we cover Buffalo, Vancouver. Connor Bedard's from Vancouver. You know, Vancouver is 0-3-2. So, 
you almost wonder if it's the time for Vancouver to maybe and and I had Vancouver going into the season looking much better than than they've started out because of the players on their team, but they're not keeping Bo Horvat with a team. Yes, like they are. The, okay. Yes, they absolutely are. Bo Horvat has four goals and five games. Okay. Yeah. Is the, Where is he going? That's the question. I mean, how much are you going to have to pay Bo Horvat? How much do you think you're going to have to pay Bo Horvat? Let's let's let well, the season the play J- out. What was what was the JT Miller deal? Who just signed? Uh, was it who eight, just signed eight a deal? Million? Well, listen. I mean, he had how many points last year? Ninety nine. He's at eight million starting next year. Five and a quarter right now. Eight eight million starting next he's year. A, he's twenty nine years old. JT Miller's twenty nine years old. He had ninety nine points last year. He had an unbelievable season. He would have been unrestricted after this year. He ended up signing an eight year deal for what eight eight uh, eight million a year. So it's huge contract. Seven year deal. Seven-year deal. You look at Bo Horvat. He's two years younger than JT Miller. They're both centermen. Okay. Bo Horvat is the is the captain of this team. He is the leader of this team. He was the first overall draft pick back in 2013, ninth overall. This is a guy that this team absolutely 100 percent needs. You cannot lose Bo Horvat. Okay. Now, what type of player is Bo Horvat? Bo Horvat is not a 99-point player. He's not an 80-point player. He has not been a 70-point player. He has had one year in the 60s. He is a 50-point player, okay? He's going to score you 20 goals every year, okay? 20 goals every year he will score. He's a 25- to 30-goal guy. He's only scored 30 goals once in his career. I say only, but you get what I'm saying. Like he's a 20 goal scorer and he's probably a 55 point guy. Maybe, maybe a little bit more to 55, 60. That's a really, really good hockey player. Okay. He's defensively responsible. He's defensively responsible. He's the leader of the team. The question is, what do you pay a second line center? Who's your captain that puts up 55 to 60 points a year that scores 25 goals? I what is that not, worth to what's that worth to the organization? More than eight million. No way. Okay. I, I, I don't I don't believe that. I mean, Bo Horvat right now on his on his current deal is making he he's making five and a half million dollars. So if I were to say to you that he was going to make, you know, seven five, seven point five million dollars a year, would you feel comfortable with signing Bo Horvat? To a seven and a half million dollar deal for eight years. You have to sign him to that. Okay. And you have to and, almost give him whatever he wants, almost. Because uh, well, listen, uh, I'm not about giving it anybody just, what it, they want. But it just looks and he's not going to go and ask for eleven million and walk away if they don't give it to him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying within his own market price, you almost have to give him close to what he's asking for because you can't have a guy like that walking out of your franchise. You just can't. If your captain walks away, what does that say? The Well, Johnny Goudreau walked away this year. He had no problem just picking up at age, what, 27 or how, however old Johnny Goudreau is. I think he's 27, 28. He ended up picking up and making a decision. Him and his, him and his was wife. Was he the captain? No, but he was the face of the franchise. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, to a certain degree, yes. Johnny I would. Goudreau, I mean, when Matt, you, Matt when Kuchuk, you, what to me was was more of a 
I mean, Johnny Grujo was, was a superstar talent, but I think Matt Kachuk was kind of like viewed as that heart and soul of the team. Okay, be, that's interesting to me. I don't know about that. I, I just I just know that when you, if I were to do a flashcard for you and say, listen, who do you think about when you think of this right here? Boom, and flip the card. If you're if you're talking Calgary Flames, you're immediately going to Johnny Hockey. He has been there. He has dominated for years. He has played exceptionally well. Okay. These are all players that you absolutely need for your franchise. When okay, you're I, can, thinking, I can respect when that. you're thinking Vancouver Canucks, it's a little bit different when you think Vancouver Canucks, because for me, I think of Elias Peterson. I think of Brock Besser. Okay. I also behind the scenes when I actually have time to think about it, Bo Horvat is a massive, massive part to this team moving forward. He's 27 years old. He's still got a lot of great hockey left in him. The problem is you can't overpay Bo Horvat to stay in Vancouver. You have to, he, he has to be on a contract that is, that is really good for him and it's really good for the team. And I think that seven and seven and a half, because you look at the young kids uh uh Norris in Ottawa you he scored 35 goals and only played 56 games this year he got 8 million dollars a year you look at the two players in in uh St. Louis one is Thomas Thomas had 77 points last year you look at uh Kairou Kairou had almost 30 goals last year in 75 77 points like these players played to their to their contract. I look at Bo Horvat, he is not a point producing freak. He is a 50 to 60 point guy. You're not paying him 8 8 and a half million dollars. We'll talk a little bit later about the spanking that the Sabres laid on the Calgary Flames last night cuz I don't think anybody in the hockey world saw that coming. I didn't. I'd like I'm to shocked. say I'd like to say that the Sabres are, are a new and improved team with the talent and everything that they have and the direction that they're headed, but I didn't think that they would roll into Calgary game two of a Western road trip and smack the shit out of them. I, not, in a, not in a million years would I have ever predicted that. So, interesting. Alex Tuck, first career hat trick. Rasmus Dahlin sets a record for, what, start of the season? Four, first time a defenseman started with goals in four straight games to start the season. So, first time ever. I find that hard to believe that. That's I really do. I, I actually do find that hard to believe because I don't think it's, um, if that's a record, I don't think the record is that All hard. That. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I really don't. Like, like it, it sounds really ridiculous because, um, you know, he's a defenseman, but. I mean, if I were to tell you Rasmus Dahlin scored seven goals in seven games, would you be, would you be like, if I were to tell you Phil Housley went eight games in a row with scoring a goal, would you, would I wouldn't you, even look it up. I wouldn't even look it up. Like it Bobby would be Orr, like I it. wouldn't even look it up. Exactly. Al I wouldn't look it up. Yeah. Paul Coffey. I wouldn't look it well, up. Well, let me ask you, is that for the Sabres or for NHL history? That, That's that NHL history. No way. <laughs> okay. We'll fact check that one before you need we... to fact check that. I think is I think it's more I think that could be just the Sabres because that makes no sense to me whatsoever. That Rasmus, you're gonna tell me Rasmus Dahlin is the first defenseman in NHL history to score four goals in four games to start four a season? straight games. I mean, points is one thing. You might have a defenseman who might have 
15 points in the first four games, but three of them might be goals. You know, like four goals in four straight games for defensemen is is pretty friggin' good. Now, I still find it hard to believe that that's a record with all the great defensemen and the point-producing defensemen over time, but if that is a record, congratulations. Another record was set by a Sabre a couple of years ago, too. Just kind of these unknown records. Most power play goals in a row to, to, to start the season was Victor Olofsson. It was like seven or something a few years ago. Good for the Sabres. Tough for Calgary. And uh, we'll recap a lot because as Alex Tuck is scoring a hat trick last night, Jack Eichel's popping in two against Winnipeg. Yeah. It's, so, it's, listen, it's not, I watched that game. I watched every single minute of it. I was on the ed, ed, ed of my seat the entire game. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy situation with 1.6 seconds left in the second period where the puck, you know, goes off a, a, um, where it gets caught in the skate of a, of a, of a ref. You have to go and watch what happened. The ref literally kicks the puck right onto the stick of Huberto. Like literally kicks it to him right in the middle of the ice. It is absolutely mind boggling. That ref right now is sitting there watching th- that situation going, please don't score. Please don't score. Please don't Sorry, score. Because I got the over. Oh my Lord. I couldn't believe Go it. I was like flagrant foul man on Netflix. It's one of the un- most unbelievable documentaries. I never in a million years uh, would have known that that referees would have had an involvement in pro sports games. I, I'm just kidding. That That is such a false accusation and a, and a, a, a more of a, a funny joke than it is an accusation. So please, ladies and gentlemen, don't take that and run with it. Derek Roy joining us here. He's going to join us tomorrow night for the player cast on Sportsnet, which you'll be able to catch. Got to somehow change your pin. I don't know how to do that, but maybe Roy's technologically savvy. We'll ask him if he knows what to do. Derek Roy coming up next. Still playing a lot of golf, Sausage? No, I haven't played in like a few. I mean, it's been kind of terrible weather for the last like week or so. So it's been I, raining the I whole try, time, right? Yeah, it's been brutal. I try to get out once in a while. Like, what's uh, your game at right now? What, what's what's your <clears throat> handicap? Low eighties, I'd say. Okay, I don't. I don't need to know what your golf score is. I asked your handicap. We're betting money, hundred bucks a hole. What? How many strokes are you giving me? Eight. Well, are you, what are you like? That's but don't a, worry about what I am. I'm asking you. <laughs> well, I can't give you, I don't know how many strokes to give but you. you. Here's the thing. You could be you 120. Say, you say eight with a little kind of like, uh, you know, like I could be a six, five. No, 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 no. I'm not sandbagging. No, well, you, you I, are I need a sandbagger. Though. You are a sandbagger. What are you talking like, about? What are you, Roy Z, Come on, man. Like, <laughs> listen, little guys make it. By being Weasley sometimes. <laughs> yeah, not in this case. Uh, golf, you gotta you gotta need every stroke you can get, actually. So um, yeah, I played play with a couple of guys that are like way better than me. So it's actually uh elevated my golf game. Good to see you though, man. And and great to have you on. I'm excited about Saturday night with you joining us on the player cast with Sportsnet, especially doing uh, Buffalo Vancouver. It, How it much did you like fun. Vancouver? I mean, I was there for a cup of coffee, so I don't know. I know, but uh, listen, a cup of coffee, but you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, the old. You only need uh, a couple weeks in Vancouver to really. Yeah, you only need a couple days there, bud. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was a great, uh, you know, the organization was awesome. They were uh, top notch. Oh, yeah. Uh, They treated you so well, I thought. And uh, 
So, so basically uh, what you're saying is great. They, they gave you, they paid for your Cytomax and your protein powder. You didn't have to buy your own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you smoke any yeah, of that no, BC weed out there, Roisy? No, no. We used to get uh, sushi on the plane. It was like legit back in the day. We used to get like a full, like the Cares whole about plane. The when sushi. You, oh, Andrew asked <laughs> you a serious question. How is the BC question. weed out there? They smoke they, any of the BC weed? I no. heard it's the best in the business. Oh, is it? I have no idea. So I've been told. Anyway, okay. you got that big looking pipe in the back there in your background, Roisy. Like, what? Like, come on. That's a hookah you, you brought back from where? This yeah. thing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's like a big bong. Piece. Wife put oh, up okay. a decoration piece. That's good. <laughs> right. hey, so when you, this time of year, Roisy, my first few years out of the game, this time of year, I, there was just something about it. I used to, I think I just felt really uneasy because you always felt like this time of year, you're supposed to be doing something really important. And that was, you know, playing hockey. Do you still, do you still get that? I'm far enough removed now where I learned to love this time of year days like today, the nice crisp kind of sunny days, but they're a little chilly, you know, but are you there yet? Are you far enough removed from the game where, where where this time of year you're sitting there saying like, yeah, I'm I'm totally comfortable in my surroundings and playing golf at two 30 in the afternoon. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's um, for us, our last six, my last six years, we're always moving somewhere. We're always like picking up and going to Europe. So like towards this time, like towards the end of July, uh, August, like we're just kind of like, all right, like you feel like you need to be getting stuff together and packing and, and getting going. And, and then when that doesn't happen, you're just like, oh, this is kind of like, it is kind of nice. Um, like we, I haven't, uh, open presence with my family in uh, 20 years, you know, like you know, my parents or I haven't like had Thanksgiving dinner with family members, you know? So things like that are, are really cool to do because you, you like, you, like, you know, we, we just didn't have the time. When was the last time you got to celebrate a Canadian Thanksgiving this year? Like the last <laughs> yeah. few years. Yeah. That, that was the first time in like, I don't know, 20 years. I, I, I didn't even know when it was because <laughs> <laughs> we never get to experience it. So I didn't even know. I was like, Oh, it's next week. All right. Let's get Turkey. You don't realize it until after I feel like, because when you're in it and when you're playing in the NHL, you don't, it doesn't compute in your mind that there's all this time that it takes to get to the arena and preparation and all that. You're just, you're just in it. So you don't realize it at all until somebody's like, Holy, you played over a thousand professional games. That's crazy. And I'm like, you know what? That is pretty crazy. If you think about it, like, it's just like Did you play a thousand. Uh, with overseas, yeah, and stuff like that, yeah. How many did yeah. you play in the NHL? You know, uh, you know exactly. Seven, Come on. I do not. Fifty? No, seven, you. Roisy knows. Seven fifty. <laughs> that might something like pocket. that. Okay, so, I'm gonna it's an average player. Play, I'm gonna hockey like DB that. that, Derek. Yeah, hockey DB it. Let I'm me like ask that. you something about know. your career. How was your knee after the injury? Like when you came back to play for the years after? Was it a hundred percent? Seven thirty-eight. You played. Um, I, you know what, like after the injury, they did a great job fixing it, like the surgeon and, uh, you know, I, I felt really good. Um, it just, I don't know, something else happened where I was getting like these minor little injuries around, not the knee itself, but like, you know, your left groin or your back or, you know, how it goes, right? Like once something happens and other things have to compensate. So, um, 
yeah. So the, the knee was great. Like, uh, it felt good, but it felt like I, I was getting uh, injuries other places. When you came back that year, that one game in the playoffs and games that were you ready to come back? Like how, how were no. you? Who's the only decision, reason why whose decision was that? I think it was my stupid decision because we had, I think Vanek and was it Palmerville or Vanek or both went down in game six. And then I wasn't supposed to play at least until the next series, but that was going to give me what, like two, three days more. So like, what was the difference? You know what I mean? Um, so I was hoping that we would win that series and then I can just move into the next series and see how it feels like do a full practice. I didn't even practice full with the team. Like I was just like the extra D guy that just goes out and does a drill and breaks the puck out or something like that. Like I wasn't even practicing the team. And then there was a couple injuries in game six and I went in the coach's office. I said, I want to play, you know, I want to help in any way I can. And, uh, I wasn't ready for sure, but, um, you go from, not there's playing that, hockey that for heart of the lion. We heart of a lion. We know eh? that. Yeah. You, you go from not playing hockey for five months and then you get thrown in a game seven for the first round. Like, and not, and I was, I wasn't even for two months. I wasn't even allowed to stand on my leg. So I think it was, wow. yeah, I think it was four months. I think it was eight weeks. I was, I was an immobilizer. So I wasn't even able to, uh, you know, stand on my leg. I had a full, full cast from ankle to uh hip. You played like seven Full years in in Buffalo. You had some insane years, okay? 81 points in 78 games, 32 snipes. The next year, you had 70 points, you know, 28 goals. I I mean, you had some insane years in Buffalo, okay? You can, you know what Buffalo is all about. But I, you also played in Dallas. Very different atmosphere, very different environment. You know, you, you, you played in Vancouver. You played in St. Louis, 75 games had had solid season there 37 points you played in nashville you played in edmonton describe to me those organizations and what what you liked and disliked about about what they what they brought like you were you were talking about vancouver where immediately you're like i was only there for a short period of time but the organization was awesome like yeah. what was the, what was the organization that, that kind of stuck out to you that you would have wanted to spend more time in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dallas was great. Um, you know, it was Joe Newendike was there and he was, he was, he was awesome. I think, uh, you know, Dallas was a great, great spot. Um, I mean, they're all, I mean, you're playing the NHL. You can't be like, I feel like guys nowadays almost nitpick or where they want to play as opposed to like back in the day, you were just like, Oh man, I'm playing. I'm in the NHL. This is amazing. Thank you. Like, I don't care what team it is. Like this Thank is the you. best thing in the world, right? So, tries me mean, nuts what you just said, Roisy, because it's so yeah. true, guys. That these no move clauses, like fuck off and go where you go, because you're in the National Hockey League making a shit ton of money. Like OEL in Vancouver, he's yeah. holding up the whole trade, you know, because of you the know, no move clause. Like, yeah. So, like, I think Buffalo did a great job in bringing in people that want to be there want to make a difference you know i remember our first years when we were playing everyone was battling for a spot because every player was so good on the team that practices were tough like everyone's battling where's that any in buffalo like when we went to those cup runs yeah um practices were harder than the games because guys were just like i need some ice time you know well that's the thing you were everyone wanted to be there you were a super high-end talent 
Thomas Vanek was a fifth overall draft pick. That was a scoring stud out of, out of D one. Then you have Jason Pominville where I practiced with Jason Pominville. Let me tell you something. I practiced with Jason Pominville in Montreal. So in my time in Montreal in the summertime, there's nobody that was working out or was skating in North Bay. So I had to leave my hometown early every year to go to Montreal, probably a month in like before everybody else came in because there's no one for me to skate with. Right. I'm on the ice with this young whippersnapper, 20 years old, and he doesn't look pleasing to the eye, Yeah, but he is unbelievable the way he played the game. I asked somebody on the bench. I said, who is that kid? And he's like, oh, Pominville or something like that. I'm like, well, where does he play? He's in the minors. I'm like, that kid is going to have a long NHL career. Yeah. And he, so you, he got, he, is, yeah, he got placed on waivers that one, that one year we both, me and him got sent down to the minors and 30 teams didn't pick him up. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like where's your scouting staff? You know, Palmer probably has some like guys, points some in the guys though, grow late. Some guys mature late. You know, His I look at that numbers team. were gross too, by the way, were they really? Oh my God. I'll pull them up it, for you. His junior, junior numbers were insane. Yeah. And then the year before the, before he got sent down was the uh, lockout year, the year that we all went to the Myers. Um, no, myself, Gostad, uh, Palmerville, Miller, you know, Vanek, all, all those guys, we all went to the, the minors to play and, and Palmville put out some outrageous numbers there. So I, I, I was, I mean, ready time, for this I didn't riff? understand what happened, but he got sent down and nobody claimed him. Four seasons with Shawinigan first year, two games bagels across the board next year, 60 games, four goals, 17 assists minus one. The next year, slight improvement from four goals. He went from, to 71 games, 46 goals, 113 points. Then his last year, junior, 66 games, 57 goals, 121 points. So <laughs> he did. Yeah, he but you did know what? All but right. Here's the thing. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to shit on Pominville's parade. Okay. So um, <laughs> can you do me a favor right now and look up a, a player named Derek Roy who played for, um, where'd you play? Kitchener Rangers? Oh, Kitch- Kitchener, okay. yeah. So I want you to go and, and look up a Derek Roy. For me, yeah, Petey. I'm looking at a, a Derek Roy or a Derek, Derek Roy. Roy or the Derek Roy that's on our. I never list. scored 120 points in junior. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I'm going to tell you why in a second, but I just want you. I want you to understand, like Jason Palmville, who who literally, you know, was what a third round draft pick. Make it fast because yesterday with Geo and and Van, you talked forever. No, I think he was a second. He was a second rounder. It was like me, Thorburn, and like Palmville or something in the second, all in the second round. Okay. So for sure, because PD can't, you know, work his friggin' phone properly. I'm going to tell you your points in the four years that you played in the OHL. One year was 87 points. The next year was 81 points. The next year was 89 points. The next year was 30 or 78 points in 49 games. Okay. So, you know, very good statistics. I wouldn't say eye dropping. They weren't Jason Pominville, 57 goals. He was 15. Points. Well, no, I, was, I, I turned 16. I was 16. I was just okay, six, so you're 16. 16 years He's old. a Come rookie on. at 16. He put up 87 points. I, I played with Roisey that year. I watched him get six assists 
in one game against the Owen Sound Platers. Okay. I was his line mate. The general manager traded for me and brought me in. I told Rosie this yesterday. He said, you have, you're here for one job. If anybody looks at Derek Roy or says anything to Derek Roy, I don't care if it's his own teammate or another player on another team. You smack them in the ear. He said, you punch him in the ear. I don't care if you get suspended or not. He said, you don't let anybody say a fucking word to this kid. And I was like, oh, it's a pretty easy task. I mean, I'm a robot, man. It's easy. So I was his best year, best year, your best year of your career, right, bud? Well, I yeah, I had the dislocated shoulder, the broken hand, and the herniated disc in the back. But, but other than that, <laughs> besides man, was, that, yeah, I was oh I God. love skating on your line. So was, here's my point, and and, and no no uh, Quebec major junior guys like to hear this because it's kind of like the running joke. Like Derek Roy has. 87, 81, 89, and 78 points. You look at Jason Pomble, he's got 121 and 100 and like whatever, 115. It's because he plays in the Quebec Major Junior. They didn't even play defense there. Yeah. Somehow they always produce. You look at all the guys that have the most penalty minutes in the league. Look at the top in the CHL, which is the Western Hockey League, the OHL, and the Quebec Major Junior. Go and look at the guys who have the most penalty minutes. The top 10 guys in the CHL. We'll all be from the Quebec Major Junior. Oh, my year was my draft year was Ramsey Abid. He had like a hundred and some odd points and four hundred penalty minutes in the queue. They were all four hundred fractions. Yeah, four hundred. Like I mean, visor infractions. They gave tens. They gave tens in the queue no, for, for wearing the visor too high. They forgot to put their neck guard on and got ten minutes on. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the, the neck, the DNR. Remember neck they used guard. to tape. Remember they used to tape the neck guard and make it like Alexander oh, Dag, man. Oh. oh my god anyway yeah, no uh, I, I i i agree with that like when we were playing like i remember guys having 180 points in junior like in 60 games like in the queue it's like how do you get 180 points in 60 well, that's games? my that's my question yeah. how is yeah. it how is it that all the quebec major junior hockey players have the most points in the c in the chl because all the, top built, guys, the, the star players billet dads do the stats so when they <laughs> so, so when there's an opening in the score sheet they just they just throw one in there a, a day later it's not oh, I, I used man. to love that i used to i like i'd be in a dressing room we would be talking stats stuff like that back when you know back when i was playing in the room and some quebec major junior guys like what are you talking about i had like 56 goals in uh you know 62 games i'm like yeah but that's like equivalent to like 35 in the ohl like what do you talk? And they would lose it. They did not like hearing. Oh yeah, that. they hate that. Oh, they hated it. Back in the day, back in the day, we used to have like now they have replays and all that stuff. Back in the day, like there was goals we scored that you knew it was in, but the goal light person in the back didn't turn the goal light on, so it's no goal, and you just had to live with it. You're just like ref, like come on, man, like that went in the net. And I'm still pissed about the goal Mike not Mike Worstad got credited for in Kitchener that year when he shot it and I tipped it just off the inside of my stick and I didn't and I didn't get credit for it. I'm still pissed about that. But there were on the other hand, there was probably a lot of phantom apples back in the day too, where it's like, yeah, sure, throw a throw an assist for uh, for Peters on that. Absolutely right. I mean, you yeah. could skate up to a ref and just be like, hey, I had an assist on that. If if there's like a one assist, if he liked you. And they'll throw your they'll throw your uh, your name on the score sheet. You know yeah, the funny so thing is that a, a guy would, the no, worst is when you would do that, and then they would announce it, and everyone would be like, <laughs> "You weren't even on the ice." 
<laughs> but you can I get away with that shit in tier two junior A because they didn't put stuff over the PA we had system. Players notorious for you know a goal being scored, five guys in the pile. The ref comes in, taps guys on the shoulder. Okay, who scored the goal? And then you're like, oh, okay, it's number fit. Uh, you know, it's number twelve. And then all of a sudden, anybody got an assist. And then all of a sudden, everybody's yelling out their number thirty-three. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh man, that's, that's how, how that's do you think I got definition six of Cookie Monster? Game. What's How do you that? think I got six assists in one game in junior? There was a lot of uh, pointing in the back of the jersey uh, <laughs> when the <laughs> ref was coming in. Roisy, tell me, you you talked about Dallas. Um, Yager, you were with him later in his career. Is, like, what's the legend of Yager all about? The guy's an animal. He's uh, like an absolute workhorse. Uh, These stories I remember, that we hear about him, though, are they are they real? Like Kate taking the keys to the rank and stuff and, and going yeah, to... So I, there was a guy, a younger player on our team, younger Czech guy, and he was kind of like up and down. And he he's at the rink and no, like the lounge area. He was like basically sleeping in the lounge in the morning. We're like, yo, yeah, and you're right. We're gonna practice in like 30 minutes. <laughs> like, did you go out last night or something? Because like, no, man, like Yager brought me to the rink. So I guess Yager picked him up at like 11 o'clock at night and then drove him to the rink. And then they did workouts till like three in the morning. And like, so that, that was just him. So he, and then like, uh, he was probably like 20 years old. Like he, so he was, you know, like what is happening with my body right now? So he showed up at the rink the next morning, just gassed. And that's just him, man. He would like just random workouts at midnight, like three hour workouts. Like, I don't even, I don't even understand how it's, that's possible, but this guy's a legend and he did it. Was he doing it on the road though? Like I, like I thought I heard he, he was his, he was his own man. There was drills sometimes like he was on my line and it was me, him and Louis Erickson and uh, to start the year. And so we're like skiing around doing stuff. And then like one drill, you're like, what's the auger? Like, where is he, man? And he's just in the neutral zone. Like he has his own puck stick handling, like hanging out by the boards. And you're like, a three on two drill like we're what are you doing so like he would just be like no i just don't want to participate in this drill nope i'm good like who, he just, who was who was the coach take drills off uh glenn gallatin yeah i well, think they were the same age or yager might have been one year older did anyone give him a hard time did anyone like did he like being razzed by the guys like were young kids around him just nervous as hell like, what were you like around him I don't know. He was just, he's a great, he's just a nice person, like a nice guy. You know, he just, he's so dedicated to his craft, which is hockey. And he just like, just obsessed with it. He would go home pregame nap and bring his sticks and sleep with the sticks in the bed on the road. Imagine that guy bringing his sticks to his hotel room on the road and sleeping with them for a pregame nap. What? He would like tape them up and do everything in the hotel room. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, you have so much time before, yeah, yeah, this before all day. Like, why would you bring them back to the hotel room? I don't know. You know, Liz, it's interesting too because you know, I don't, I don't know. uh, Yarmir obviously played against them, you know, on multiple different teams that he played on, and uh, he's he's been a special player, like a. you know, 1,733 games he played in the league. And you got to realize he left the league for, for how many years? Like he yeah, left the league the for K, like, yeah. 
yeah, three years or four years, he left to go to the KHL. So think about it. He played 1,733 games in the NHL with 1,921 points. If he would have played those four years, which were, he was somewhat, you know, like 50 of, points a year, something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was in his Probably prime. Um, I just wonder because, you, you know, you, you noticed that, you know, he went, he went back home. Um, he, he bought himself, uh, you know, with a little bit of the ching that he made over the uh, gazillion years that he played and bought a team in, in the Czech Republic. Okay. He bought a team and he's playing on it. So he's the player, the manager and the owner. Probably yeah. the coach as well. Like whatever you he know what says, I'm probably. Yeah. yeah. He's probably he's, like, he's, I'm, I'm on the first power play. <laughs> obviously. Nobody's saying it. Anyway. Right. But I, I think to myself, like I always, you know, it's, it's, it's none of my business, but I noticed that he, he's, he's not married. He does not have, you know, children. And maybe that's obviously it's, it's by choice for him. Okay. But it's, it's, you, you tend to, you know, try and think about things about the dedication and love that he has for the game of hockey. It's, it's to the extreme, um, you know, he's I mean, obviously he's played till he's 50 years old. Like, like I like hockey, never, but... yeah, we'll never see that ever again. Like in the history of hockey, nobody's going to be playing till they're 50. You know what I mean? Like playing to that caliber professional hockey. I don't care where you're playing professional hockey. Yeah. Like if I go and play a uh, scrimmage here, I'm sore the next day. Yeah. But don't you alone, think, like, though, you know what, but years? don't you ask... think guys like Yager, sorry, Riv, but I, I, I'm going to forget this thought. Don't you think guys like Yager, guys like Tom Brady, have started to change players' mindsets into maybe thinking they could play into their 40s? It's a very solid point. Um, I mean, quarterbacks usually tend to to stay a little bit longer in their careers, like if you don't get hit or if you're not a – like if you're a rushing quarterback. Yeah, you look at Drew Brees, you look at, uh, you know, Brady. Brett Favre. Brett Favre, you look at Rodgers. Yeah. Like they could, you could play, you could play a little bit later. Hockey, I mean, it's you can't really escape from getting hit or your groins or your low back or getting cross checked. Like you'll just start kind of playing perimeter hockey later on in your career, and then nobody's going to want you, right? Like you have to get in the dirty areas to score goals, unless you got an absolute bomb. Like Ovi, Ovi might play till he's like forty-five, maybe. You know, he's got that really well, good shot. You know, he's going to play Roisey until he breaks the, the goal record. I mean, it, he'll get 15 I hope he goals. Does. You hope he does. Do you, eh? do you think he'll, do you think he, because yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat infatuated by, you know, Alex, Alex Ovechkin, you know, obviously played against him when he came into the league at 19 years old, first overall draft pick took the league by score uh storm. I think he scored 50, 50, some goals that year and had a hundred and 10 points. The guy was superhuman, right? And now to watch the longevity of this guy, the guy is 37 years old. He scores, he he scored 50 goals nine times. He's had a 40, he's had 49 goal seasons. He's had 48 goal seasons. You look at this guy. Can this guy actually do it? Can this guy beat Wayne Gretzky's record? Well, if you he's look at a hundred, he's got yeah. 125 goals to go. Like, can he if do you, this? If you look at his last few years and even the playoffs, you're just like, Is this guy age or what? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like he's declining at all. 
like his speed. His hair's shots, getting strength. his hair's getting gray. It's more gray than mine. Like we're talking that's about, about him, it. We're talking about him chasing and catching Gretzky. Okay, how about the fact that this year he'll probably pass Gordy Howe at eight oh one? Like, forget about Gretzky. We all talk about Gretzky eight ninety four. He's no one's ever going to break that. Maybe nobody will. Maybe Ovi doesn't. Maybe Matthews isn't the guy. Who knows? Time will tell. But he's nineteen away from tying Gordy Howe. Like. 15, 20 years ago, if anybody stepped in the league and they said this guy's going to tie Gordy Howe or pass Gordy Howe and maybe not Gretzky, you'd be like, fuck, you'd laugh. No way. You'd laugh. No chance. No chance. Yeah. You'd laugh, especially with the way the game has gone in terms of offense. Mind you, 81 goals scored last night divided by uh, tw- uh, 12 games or something like that. There were eight, something like that. I mean, yeah, left. scoring has gone goals. up in the last few years for sure. Scoring has gone up. And uh, I don't know if it's because there's a lot of young guys and the lack of defensive like awareness out there. But sometimes you watch games and you're just like, "What's this guy thinking?" Like, do you ever look at like to just like? Do you ever look at your stats and say, "Man, imagine I was playing in today's game." But could you imagine being able to stretch the way they're stretching now? And like you were always told, "Get back, get back in your zone." Five guys in the zone. My first year in the NHL, there was still two line passes. Yeah, same. Remember that? Remember yeah. two line passes when you had yeah. to make two passes through the neutral zone or skate it yourself? Our you first one, years in the league, one Blazing, foot on the red line, were were yeah. the last years of of the red line. Yeah, you had to put one foot on the red line when somebody's passing it to you from inside the zone. That way, you're not considered a two line pass. Isn't that crazy? Do you think about it? Like it actually. For the game, it actually made more passing. You had to pass the puck more. You had to move the puck. You had to stay close. You had to make plays. Now it's like you send a guy like all the way down the other end at the far blue line. And you take a slap shot towards his stick. And remember that one year you didn't even have to touch the puck? It had to be in your vicinity. Remember they were trying to eliminate icings and stuff like that? And you just take a slap shot right near the guy, and he just lets it go through his legs, <laughs> and then everyone's just bombing down like as fast as they can, you know? I mean, it, it, I think, I think passing has gotten, I've noticed this a lot, like, uh, cause through, th- throughout my years, I was still playing and with all the rule changes. And then later and later, I felt like passing became such a, a thing that nobody did anymore. So everyone's doing personal skills, personalized, uh, stick handling through things, but nobody's like working on actual passing. You know what I mean? Like the true passers in the game, there's not that many, there's a lot of individual skill out there. But to well, isn't, like that, isn't that what's selling right that now, though? You got uh, Trevor. How many times when you were a kid, how many times when you went through junior hockey and into maybe your first few years of a pro in the minors, this and that, how many times were you doing the Michigan, picking the puck up on your own and your stick and, and, and shoving it in the net? How many times did you do that? Zero. In a game, but but Roisy, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and I don't I, I don't like kissing your ass at all. But you are ridiculously skilled with the shit that you would do in practice. I mean, come on. I, I would practice stuff that I would probably use in the game. These kids are doing it in the game, so I don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like if you're going to use it and use it in the game and score a goal on it, like yeah, by all means. Like, but don't practice. My theory is don't practice stuff you're never going to do. Like, but why, why wouldn't you do it in a game back in, in the mid 2000s, Roisy? I probably would have got stick right, right across the chops if I did that. <laughs> exactly. Somebody would somebody would have just came over off the bench, skated right towards me, and just two handed me right in the teeth. Probably that's probably what would have happened if I would have did that. 
And that's why guys like Zegris are allowed to do that and pass it over because the, there's no one on Buffalo last year that's going to do that to him. And and you're not allowed to do that around the league. We're protecting our yeah. stars. So, well, listen, is it I good mean, or is it bad, Roisey? I think it's I think it's good, man. I think it's good for the game. Like score a nice highlight goal or something like that. It's it's great. Like it it, it you know seeing that stuff like what Zegris does or seeing some things that other guys do brings a lot of creativity to the game and. It, you know, uh, it's good. It's good to see that. But on the other hand, you don't want somebody coming off the bench and two handing your starting head. So, like, <laughs> I think it's good for the game. I, yeah, but that's why I every like, team I like had it. four or five enforcers on the team because you'd have to you'd have to deal with other teams doing that type of stuff. Now those guys are all gone. We Petey and I talked about this the other day. Stage fighting, how ridiculous it was. You have two absolutely mutant size men, six, five, six, 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 seven, 250, 60, 70 pounds. They literally are, are, are chatting with each other on, on the red line. Okay. In warm up, going, Hey, uh, Hey, when do you want to do this? Do you want to do it in the first period? Or maybe we'll do it in the second. Let's just get a couple shifts in before. Like, so we're not playing like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, the lingo, eh? you know, the whole dialogue, no. right? Yeah. No, be- <laughs> that is, no. That, no, that's exactly how you it nailed goes. it. You actually, you actually nailed it. But and Roisey I mean, knows not not that I, 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 know. I, 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 I never, I never once, I never once had a stage fight in my life. Like I was not that guy. I wasn't that tough. You know, I, I, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't part of that, but I just know, I know what happens. Cause I feel I rem- for the guys that have to go into battle knowing that you're literally going to be fighting a guy that's six, seven, two seventy in the middle of the second period. Rosie, like that your, is not a good, your first game good situation. Night against Matt Johnson. Oh, I remember the night that we were driving to play an exhibition game in Toronto and we're playing against Dolmy. and you were going to fight Domi and we're sitting, to, we're sitting beside each other on the bus and you're just like, I'm going to fight Ty Doman tonight. I'm going to fight Ty Doman tonight. <laughs> I was like, man, give me, I need to focus on what I have to do. And you just like, I didn't end up fighting Domi that night though. I ended up fighting. Cause he said, make the league kid. I went right after him. It was my first uh, yeah, exhibition yeah. game in Toronto. And he goes, I skated right up he, to him and I couldn't believe how you tried to fight him. Right. Yes, you I tried did. To, yeah. yeah, I did. yeah and yeah. then I ended up fighting. Uh, I fought Doug duel and then razor and I had some brawl at the end of the game. And that was <laughs> some random brawl. Yeah. <laughs> some random brawl. But I, I, I do remember that. I thought I was going, but after you him, ended man. up, you ended up fighting him. The, the, my rookie year, the, the next year. Yeah. 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 I did. That's crazy. Up, yeah, I was. So anyway, I don't know where Riv was going with that that st- stuff, but it's oh, an interesting. Stage, he was talking about stage fights. Yeah, like, but it's uh, an interesting staging, food yeah. chain. We have the whole food chain here because Roisey scores this, the new highlight reel skilled goal. Craig is the defenseman that cross checks you in the teeth, and I'm the tough guy that comes out comes off the bench to get you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like the perfect perfect uh, sequence of Echelon. events. Yeah. Well, you know, it, again, it it. it Again, PD and I, you know, we have a lot of like we sit here and we talk in our podcast and we just talk like, you know, give our opinions and thoughts and this and that. But I mean, we get off the podcast and we we start talking even more. And we were talking about, you know, how players are put in certain positions to like when I grew up, when I was a when I was in youth hockey, 
I was considered an offensive defenseman, scored a ton of goals. I was an offensive freak. I was up the ice all the time. I went to junior hockey. I was a power play specialist at 74 points in 65 games. I had 19 goals. I led the OHL in scoring for a defenseman. Yeah, that's unreal. I get to the, um, I get to the minors. I get to the minors and now I'm told that I need to fight. I need yeah. to have minimum 200 penalty minutes. They said, go, go in box this summer. We want you to box <laughs> and we want you to have 200 penalty minutes. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I think, go ahead. And, and, and then all of a sudden I move into my career and you have to make a decision. You, and there's, there's lots of, there's lots of players that never made the decision. They were like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm this type of player and that's what I want. Okay. Yeah. But for me, I made the choice to, to change my style to more of a defensive style. I had to fight more, which I didn't like doing that. I wasn't even that tough. I wasn't, you know, I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to fight, but you have to do what you have to do to give yourself an opportunity. You have to make a decision and it's a hard decision. Yeah, right? I think a lot, I think it ruined a lot of guys' careers. We could have saw a lot of different people playing in the NHL. A lot of guys probably came out of college and then like, yeah, you're going to start fighting now. You're six foot five. You're going to fight. And it's like, no, I'm a goal scorer or whatnot. Or and you then, don't even, like you said, or it's not even about changing your game into a physical style. It's about going from like a comfortable 220, a little bit thicker to like 170. Jeff Jilson, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Jeff Jilson, <laughs> guy went yeah. from like being a a really good stay at home, solid physical defenseman with a you know a little bit of meat on him to like this chiseled beach body, and all of a sudden, dude, he was ripped. I've never seen a player. Go from like what he was, and one year later, not even a year, like six months later, turn into like a, a model. Like, and he was just chiseled, like you said. And then he was having a hard time, like skating around. Like he was just—it's so weird how that happens. Probably his energy, right, Rosie? You played, you played in all the uh, big, big European leagues. Like you played in the Swiss A League the KHL, the Swedish Elite League, and the DEL. Like, if you're going to Europe, those are the four biggest leagues to play in. What's the best league? The Swedes work extremely hard, and they're extremely skilled. So it's like, that is probably the hardest league. Like, if you look at the point leaders in that, if you get a point a game in the, Swiss, in the Swedish League, like, you're, you're killing it. Like, you're crushing it. You know what I mean? So... Um, that is probably the hardest and most like, cause everyone's fast, everyone's skilled, everyone works hard. And then you got the Swiss, the Swiss league is probably the most skilled league, but like not as hard to play in, you know, it's more like run and gun, get your speed, kind of loop around, uh, make, make offensive plays. So it's kind of a more fun league for players like me. Um, so I would say, I would say probably the most skilled would probably be the Swiss league and the best to play. Like you said, probably the, the Swiss leagues. Be, I mean, it's so beautiful. You just drive everywhere. You're like, there's probably like three quarters of the teams within like a 45 minute hour bus ride for me. So it's just like you bus on the game day. You're, you're sleeping in your bed every single night. It's it's great for families and stuff like that. So, you haven't yeah, said anything about the DEL or the KHL yet. DEL's great. I mean, I, we we lived in Munich. Like it was. There's it was a lot beautiful. of Canadian. There's a lot of Canadians in the German league, right? That's the one thing you get. Like ten guys on your team that are Canadian, or twelve guys, or whatever. So it's basically you're going in the 
listening to country music in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it feels like you're at home. Um, so yeah, Germany is all, and you're playing against a lot of Canadians. Since when you walk in the locker room at like, at, or the Russian league, you go in the locker room. I remember taking a video at, it was Christmas day. So they celebrate Christmas, like July 8th or 7th or 6th or something like that. So like Christmas day, we had a game. It was, uh, December 25th and we walk in the locker room was me and Paul Shahura and, uh, uh, Franchus, the guy that plays uh, Pasha, plays in um, Colorado, the goalie. And we walked in the locker room and we were just like, what is going on in here? It was a, it was a rave. It was did like, you, did you no like Christmas it or music. did you not like it? No, it was eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. But listen, <laughs> it was like, it you was think like I want to come to the rink every freaking morning and listen to your Christa, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears bullshit. Wait, what? Yeah, what, what do you mean? Wait, what? You literally ran our radio or our our, our music when I got here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I never played Christina. Even Aguilera even I I love to rip on Roy. It's an absolute joke. You man. never played Christina Aguilera or, yeah. or Britney Spears. Listen, it was you need to an learn the name of some of the techno techno queens out there. Okay, maybe maybe a little Britney. Maybe it was an, it was an absolute <laughs> embarrassment. Like if if you had an if you had players from the I think other he's thinking team, of Kylie Minogue, Roisy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you were you I don't know who you were playing, but it was an absolute joke. I'm a heavy metal guy from up north. I want Ozzy, I want Metallica. You know what? Want... When you run when you run the radio, you can't please everybody. You're gonna okay, get well, you're, and you, you gotta mix that rap song, but you also can't just worry about pleasing yourself, then... though. That's, that's a good point. So Roisy's first NHL game was I think in Minnesota. We go from Minnesota to Pittsburgh. I just remember Roisy was like a, a music god. He had the computer. He could burn music and CDs right there in his laptop back in, this is 2003, 2004. Burning so we got a laptop that's thing, burning yeah. CDs and music on it. That's borderline legendary, okay? We're in Pittsburgh for, uh, like, we have a day in between games. Roisy burns a CD for the locker room. He walks in. This is game two. And he walks into the locker room. Goes in and he just pushes the thing down. Up goes the lid. Right in the middle of a song, all the guys are in there taping their sticks like fucking JP Dumont, veteran players. Okay, right? He just goes in, like kills the music. It's almost like a record scratch. In goes Royce's CD. Hits play. It starts off with like right. Just walk. You remember the old locker room in Pittsburgh? You walk. He walks right through the middle of the locker room, right into the back to take his clothes off, and he's got his his new CD going in the locker room. Oh, and man. what and what happened? Like wh- got what turned happened? off in about thirty seconds. Guys were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "No, Somebody no, no." Somebody probably snapped it in half. Great CD. Yeah, but you, you, I, I'm like in in that era. In that era, li- listen to me. I'm going to tell you right now. To even have a rookie look at the at the stereo. Or comment on the would, music, or, or comment on the music would irritate the old veterans. Okay, I felt I felt comfortable after the first night. I don't know if you remember this, PD, but I got called up, and I think they were on. I think you guys were on like a ten game losing streak, and I and then they're like, "All right, you're getting called up, whatever." So I'm like, "Awesome, go play the game." And there was like a late goal that like. It was like a dump in on net. And I think Mika Nornan like missed it and it went five hole on him. And then they end up winning the game like three, two with like two minutes left. And we were just like so deflated, but I wasn't, 
that was in Minnesota, was it not? Was it? Yeah, in, yeah I wasn't yeah. deflated as everyone else, right? Because it's like my first loss, right? You get like if you guys were like on a ten or eleven game losing streak or some crazy. And then I remember after the game, we had a players meeting only, and I'm just like, oh my god, like my first game, and it was just like, all right, we're all going out tonight, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I remember going up to Drew, and I'm like. You know, Chris, uh, you know, I, I just got called off. I can't go. I can't be caught going out. Like, he's like, are you part of the team? He's like, yeah. Okay, you're going out then. Yeah, we had a big team dinner at the restaurant, and we had some drinks and like, laughs and whatever. And uh, I remember sneaking back into the hotel being like, I'm, I'm getting sent out for sure. Like, there's no way. Like, somebody's going to be waiting for me or something. Luckily, nothing happened. But I think that turned our, our season around. Like, we had... Like that year, we almost made the playoffs. We finished like two points out of a playoff spot. And to lose 10 games in a row or 11 or whatever it was. Didn't you get healthy scratch the last game in Montreal because they didn't want to pay you your bonus? Yeah. No way. It was uh, all we were talking about were hitting our performance bonuses because back then you had performance bonuses. I had a games played bonus. I was never going to hit the points thing or the plus minus thing. So I had a games played. So every 10 games, I got like 10 grand or something. And Roisy had something. It was a games played thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was 50 games and I had 49 games. I Going into Montreal the last game, right? Straight. Like I didn't, it's not like I missed a few games or like got injured or anything. I played like pretty much, I think 49 straight games. I might've been healthy scratch one time. And then uh, the 50th game, I'm like not on the, not on the sheet. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on here? And then, uh, and then I, I remember my, I called my agent. I'm like, what's happening here? And then he's like, just get dressed and jump on the ice. <laughs> How much like, was the bonus supposed to be for 50 games? It was, it was 50 grand fast forward to the next year, which is super crazy story that the next year I had to play 70 games. So I got sent down to the minors for like the first seven, eight games of the season. Then I got called up. And I played like 70 straight games in a row or 69 straight games in a row. I needed 70 games for like a hundred thousand or something. So I'm on my 69th game. We're in Carolina. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. We're already in that third position in the playoffs. And I get to the rink and there's a red Jersey in my stall. And I'm like, red Jersey means you're just, you're the, you're the scratch. Right. So I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> is this happening again? It was the last game of the season. And then uh, I turn around and look at the, the boys are like giggling in the back. And so I look at the training, the training staff and they're just, they just start bursting laughing. So the boys played a, a trick on me that uh, I was getting healthy scratch that game. And I ended up playing my 70th. Well, game clearly well. you were talking about your bonus around the team because everybody knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was hundred oh, oh, boys play tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was uh that was a pretty funny joke, boys. Listen, last story I'm gonna tell, and I don't know, Riv, if I've told you this one before, but have you ever heard the story the of the of the pink golf shirt? Roisy and I were roommates, and I think it was our rookie year. We were in Atlanta and we went and we hit up that Lacoste store. Remember that beautiful Lacoste store? We didn't even know Lacoste existed. Right. Oh, yeah. This is our first year in the NHL shopping in like real malls, you know? <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? Like, like uh like all of a sudden we see these this Lacoste store and we're we're walking by and we buy these golf shirts and we both get pink golf shirts. I knew not to wear that golf shirt to the to the locker room because you're just gonna get eaten alive by the boys. 
Royce wore the pink golf shirt to the to the team practice in the morning on an off day. Yeah. Optional skate. We had to get dressed at the at the big rink and and then walk over to the spectrum and we were practicing. Yeah, it was game. Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Philly. Yeah. And we come back and a bunch of guys didn't practice. There was only six or seven of us that went on the ice with the goalie. So we come back. There's Royce's pink golf shirt autographed by with a big Sharpie marker, number nine. Big no number, way. Big number nine, Roy, across the back. Okay, autographed by all the legends in hockey. Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe. Like the whole and team. this is hanging in his stall? No, it was in the locker room. It was like elevated a little bit. I don't know how they got it up there. Honestly, like a ladder or something, but it was like, like suspended where everyone can see it when you walk in the locker room. It's a brand like, oh new God. pink shirt that you yeah. bought. $80 golf shirt. So and what do I do? Eight, your numbers written on the back in marker and yeah, it's like signed the, by all the legends. And yeah, hockey. because I was, I was like staying on the ice, you know, you're rookie, you're staying on the ice, do a little extra work. So they had a, a 30 minute head start on me to go uh, arts and crafts style on my, on my uh, Lacoste shirt. Yeah. I think you had to wear it out of there. Didn't you? I do. Uh, okay. I, I had to wear something a week or two later. What's he do, Craig? What does the Don do now? This so in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I hope you didn't do this, but did you do that to one of the veterans? <laughs> no, no, you bought not. the same shirt. Yeah, you did. He bought the same shirt and wore it back to the rink. <laughs> <laughs> tell me they tell me they didn't destroy that one. So I get back to my locker and I'm like, you know, you just hang it up like. I don't hang it on a hanger. So I just put it on the hook and I'm like, Oh no. Like it's like the front of it looks fine because it's on a hanger. And I'm like, I didn't hang it on a hanger. And I'm like, Oh no, I turn it around. The whole back is signed by the team again. I was like, are you kidding me? And uh, that was it. Uh, that was my Lacoste days were over after that. So who, who was, I'm going to tell you, I think I have a, a pretty good idea who would have uh, led the charge there. And I'm going to name a guy and I didn't play with this guy, but knowing the stories about him and the type of player and the teammate he was, he's really well liked, blah, blah, blah. I can, I, my, my impression of your team back then was it was JP Dumont. Could have been, could he be, he could be a ringleader. Nobody ever fessed up to it. Yeah, nobody, nobody ever. I think everyone was just like, let's just, let's just screw with Royzy here. Like, I think it was just like a, it was, it was funny, man. Like, we were a tight team. It was pretty, that was pretty awesome. I, I don't another, know who it was, but without question, it was JP and Danny. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> they were uh, the guys, right? I mean, just the pranksters, jokesters. JB Dumont, getting to know him a little bit more, because um, I never played with him. But he seemed like a guy yeah. that I would have absolutely loved to play with. Yeah, he's a great guy. I remember the, uh, do you remember game six uh, at home against Carolina, the game we won at home, how loud that that building was? So anyway, so I wear a white suit to the game, like full white suit, right? And uh, it's a playoff game, game six. And uh, we end up winning the game in overtime. Crazy. We're in the locker room listening to all the fans go bananas up there. It was, it was, it was a great experience. So I'm putting on my white suit and the boys are like, some guys like Drew didn't see it. Me walking with it. He's like, holy, 
He's like, you have to go in the coach's office right now and ask what time the bus is tomorrow. Cause we were flying to uh, Carolina. So I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Cause Royce, you got to do it. So I go, I open up the door of the coach's office. I get a quick knock, open up the door. I go, Hey coaches, uh, what time's the bus? They explode laughing. Like they're just, they're all having a beer and like somebody spit their beer out. It was just like, what are you wearing, man? They didn't even answer my question. They just started laughing like out loud. I just like, all right, see you guys later. Close the door, walked out. It was so funny. you didn't get, you didn't get the answer because they're laughing. So no, I mean, I don't even think like, I don't even know if they knew what time the bus was. It was just like a, just go in the coach's office and say something. Right. Oh my God. Oh man. I think of your I, time I, in the fashion. Right, yeah, absolutely. You, you were you see I was gonna say now? that you're away, you're oh, way man. ahead of your time. Like you look at these guys now that are what they're wearing to the rink, and in particular, um, you know, there's some guys that come to mind like Austin Matthews. Okay, he's got he's you know, whether you like it or not, he's got the he's got the sty as they call it nowadays, and he's he's uh he's he's testing the limits uh with remember with, how loose our clothing was back in the day, like yeah. loose fitting. Yes. It was like, like it was like uh, two sizes. It looked like it was well, two sizes. We used size to make fun big. of Hank to leaner. Cause we thought if he sat down, he was going to split his pants, but he was 15 years ahead of us too. Oh, hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. The Swedes knew how to dress. Like they yeah. were way ahead of, ahead of the time. Right. I mean, now you got these, you got these NHL players. Number one, they wear no socks. Okay. Number two, their pants are like four inches too short. So it's kind of like <laughs> up their ankle and they're literally spandex. They are literally like wearing like long underwear. They're tight, tight, tight against the, uh, you know, package, like all tucked in there. You know, remember back in the day, if you had like a little bit, like if your bottom of your pants didn't touch the back of your shoe, like kind of like the sole of your shoe, it'd be like, what do you got a flood in your house? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first what comment. Time? And you're like every time. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. And now I, I know, you know I, it's, I, I'm going to tell you, like <laughs> I was at the rink the other day and uh, my, my 14 U team that I coach finished the game. And it was like nine, nine 30 at night. And, and I'm watching, I'm waiting with a bunch of the parents. Okay. A bunch of the dads sitting there chatting this and that. And they look over and I'm watching, I'm watching this men's league hockey game. And I looked at one of the, I looked at one of the dads and he was looking at me and I just said, I literally hate hockey. I literally will never ever play a game of hockey again. Like that's for me. And everybody's different. Like, you know, like you, Royce, you might like to go out with the boys and I just played a hockey around. tournament in Nantucket like last that's, weekend. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. You know, and, and, and that's cool for you. Everybody's different. Everybody, there's guys that, that love it, that just like live for it. They want to get a good sweat in this. And I will never, ever play another game of hockey for you. I will or your never kids, put my, Rizzy? you played. Oh, we were, it was like a charity, uh, charity tournament and oh. went to, uh, Nantucket. Okay. And, uh, play the cherry turn. It was, it was really fun. Had a blast. Do you, do you still have game? I do. Yeah, I'm pretty. Still pretty good. And How old still, are you now? You're still are you 40 yet. Still modest, dude. With that, <laughs> are you 40? 39. 39. Yeah. 39. Okay. Yeah, I I actually took like a full like six months. I'm like I don't I don't know if I'm ever gonna put the skates on ever again. And I had a 
good, good friend from Toronto always being like, Hey, you want to come skate? We have ice. Hey, you want to come skate? Have ice. And I kept saying, no, no, no. And then one day I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I went out, skated with the boys. And honestly, after I just felt like this is awesome. Like I miss this, you know, just being around the guys and talking and laughing and telling stories and skating and getting a sweat and um, the feeling of accomplishment after you're done, like it's sitting in the, in the locker room being like, wow, that was a good workout. You know, the like, feeling uh, of accomplishment of like, yeah, what, like, a, like, like you, like you, like you did something like, a, like a workout, you know, yeah, like when you're okay. done a bike ride, if you do like a, like a 30 minute, like hit bike ride on the Peloton, you're like, I do you the Stairmaster every day, but yeah, it's called I, going I, up and down my stairs in my house. There's my workout. How many stairs do you have? Well, he's got a big know. house. Eh? You ever see his career know. earnings? Right? <laughs> there we go again. Jesus, there we I can't go. say anything. He's, you know what he's saying today? He's like, man, I got to go. Like, I got to go up from the basement for my headset because we used them yesterday. I got to go from my room to the basement and then back up. It's like, it's like, it's like 200 meters. It's unbelievable. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Do you work out or are you looking? No, crazy? I'm genetically gifted. I don't yeah, need to work I mean, out. All his um, weight sits from his neck to his belt. <laughs> no. Boom shakalaka. Like I look great right now. Yeah, you look fantastic. Thanks, bud. Roisy, look forward to tomorrow night, man. Yeah. It's gonna it's be gonna fun. be fun. It's gonna bring be your fun. A game. Are you oh, nervous? Yeah, I will. Like are you are you nervous? Well, not you guys are running it, so you should really... be. You should be a little Fine. nervous. Well, because you know you're a rookie dick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But all I got to do is talk about hockey. It's the one thing I know. That's really it. That's really we're just, it. We're just That's one thing I'm good at. Talk. Yeah. So, it's not, but uh, yeah. no, we're looking forward to tomorrow night, Roisy. You know, having you on with the, the player cast on Sportsnet. And I was telling people that here in Buffalo that are listening that, or in the U.S. anyway, that they can catch it. Uh, somehow you just got to change your IP address or something. I don't know what that means, but uh, I think it's illegal. But you can do yeah. it. So I've been told. Yeah. Check it out. Roisy, good stuff, man. Yeah, great having you on, Roisy. Let's make this a regular thing. That was awesome. It's fun. Well, we'll, well that's what Vanek says. That's what Geo yeah. says. Listen, I mean, you got to wait your turn, bud. Okay. <laughs> this is this is like a big time podcast right now that like, people we'll, we'll tell like you stars. When we're ready to bring you yeah, out. We'll tell more. you when we're ready to bring <laughs> you. Know, like, okay, this is not how it works. We're going to tell you when we need you. Yes. Formal invite yeah. required. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.